I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome everyone to Rapid Fire, sponsored by Vortex Optics. I'm your host, Toby Leary, co-owner of Cape Gunworks in Hyannis, Massachusetts. If you've never been to Cape Gunworks, there's never been a better time to come and visit because we are busting at the seams with more inventory in a gun store than in the history of Cape Gunworks at any one point in time. So we're pretty proud of that when most shelves are bare up and down the eastern seaboard and from sea to shining sea. We have fully stocked shelves and we are willing and able to help. Come on down to Cape Gunworks or visit us online. Go to capegunworks.com and click on rapid fire to make sure you get signed up for the show and you'll be notified whenever we're going live. So you can let your voice be heard, be a part of the discussion, be a part of the chat and ask your question and we'll get it answered on the air. You can also go to Cape Gunworks and shop online if you're not from the immediate area, but you still wanna take part in the wonderful buying opportunities that we have. We actually have lowered the price of ammo for the first time in a year and a half at a time when a lot of shops are still having trouble even finding ammo. We, are, we have it, but there's no limits on most calibers and we've actually reduced our prices which is a good sign i think hopefully we'll see that trend continue there's still some very expensive ammo out there and i'm trying not to have to buy it i will say there's one exception to that rule and that is in the case of 556 we were able to secure a couple of pallets worth of 556 and we were able to get it at a very good price and so that is pre-COVID pricing. 250 bucks for a 500 round case is a good deal for 5.56. So um, for Hornady uh, Frontier brass case, it's actually produced in the Lake City branch. So obviously uh, Professor Claw over here has a new arsenal of audio sound bites that he is willing to deploy. And he's going to put into put into a... <laughs> the show here at any given moment so at the appropriate time let's say that all right um so anyway uh davy saying loves us guys because around him it's 50 bucks a box and 30 bucks down here well worth the drive from boston well cool we appreciate that davy um so yeah we got a lot to talk about today there's always some uh incredible news out there to <laughs> opine on and uh yeah stay tuned we'll keep you posted um but it seems like things are moving fast and furious no pun intended uh there's always guns in the news almost every day uh there's stuff from Lori lightfoot in chicago and you know 
police officers being shot in the line of duty by felons who should be behind bars and uh, then to blame guns. Oh, guns are the problem. Yeah, because guns crawl out of their safes at night from responsible people's homes and go out and shoot cops. You know, that's that's exactly how that happens. And then sneak back into the safe. Um, anyway, so we have that. Then we have a bunch of gun ban legislation being proposed, which is not good. Um, and in the current political climate, it seems like whatever... Uh, wants to be passed at this time is passed and it doesn't take much debate you can have infrastructure bills with like 4,000 pages of you know legalese in there that most people probably have no idea what's even in those bills and they just pass it you know no problem um, I am glad to say that uh, see that Governor Cuomo has done the right thing and walked the plank and funny how long he resisted and it took a lot of members of his own party to finally probably pull him aside and say hey we will lose the me too argument anytime republicans want to uh propose somebody that we don't like and we can't just you know conjure up some stuff just on the because a woman said it so you're going to have to fall on the sword here, uh, Cuomo, and, and you know walk the plank for us so that we can at least save face and say that we took care of one of our own. But um, his replacement is not necessarily good news either for New Yorkers. She is a very diehard anti-gun candidate who has spoken at uh, a lot of you know gun control organizations. Um, so, yeah, it's not not like anything radical is going to change. I think the status quo will continue and that New York will continue to be uh, governed by anti-gun um, politicians, which is too bad. I wish that somehow she could have, you know, been a little bit more conservative on that front and been the replacement. But needless to say, uh, the... The first one to go is still good. It's still good for the people in New York that he's gone, in my opinion, from Massachusetts. I'm sure people in New York love people from Massachusetts opining on who should be and shouldn't be governing them. But that's just the way I see it anyway. And uh, I'm glad I want to see a wholesale change in hypocrisy. Let's put it that way. All these politicians that want to take guns away from law-abiding, responsible people so that they can surround themselves with a security team and then tell everyone else, you don't need 30 rounds. You don't need a gun. Why does anybody need a semi-automatic weapon of war to defend themselves? Well, if, you know, I was one of the gentry and, and I sat in my gated community and had my private security team... I could look down at my nose at the rest of the peasantry as well and say, why does anybody need a gun to protect themselves? But the point of the matter is, number one, it has nothing to do with my ability to protect myself. Number two, it has nothing to do with need. I don't need to be told what I can and can't have by a government official. 
when I have the Second Amendment to the Constitution, which is not needs-based, and it's also not solely for defensive purposes. It is for the purposes, initially, of making sure tyrants, like the aforementioned ones, don't continue to impose tyranny upon the American people. And when our founders uh, sent them back across the pond because they came to take their guns away in Lexington and Concord, um, the people said no. They, they shot them. It was called the shot heard around the world. And that's what uh, the, that's, yeah, that's the good sound of a modern musket, right? Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, Mike says it's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. And I would agree with that. And it's funny how people always want to say, what do you need an AR-15? Why do you need an AR-15? Why do you need that? Why do you need a clip that holds 30 rounds? Well, why do you need your, you know, Mercedes Benz or your big house with a gated community? Why do you need your private security team? Why do you need your government pension? Why do you need the government health care that no one else can get buy into, but you get automatically? I think if we're going to start down that road, we got, it's a very slippery slope. More on that when we get back, and we'll get to some of your questions. After this, you're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC-3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC-3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low light shooting, and because the reticle is glass etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target out to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC-3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC-3. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. This is sponsored by Vortex Optics and U.S. Law Shield. So if you don't have carry insurance, I think you're missing out. It's cheap insurance for peace of mind, and it's $10.95 a month. If you go to uh, Cape Gunworks, we have a link on our website, and it's CGWMA is the promo code to use. You can text 281 603 0066 and text CGWMA for a special offer on US Law Shield and it is really really good. All right. So before the break we were talking about all kinds of 
stuff. You guys got me down a rabbit hole as usual. And uh, <laughs> I was opining on uh, what the Second Amendment's all about. But if you do happen to use your guns for defensive purposes, that's where U.S. Law Shield comes in handy. But um, one thing's for sure is there's some the usual suspects. Let's put it that way. Um, Linsky is one of the uh, representatives here in Massachusetts that constantly introduces bills, uh, anti-gun bills, every single session. And he has done it again. Old Abner has done it again. It's the House Bill number 4038. And David Paul Linsky and Michelle Dubois um, has a bill that's very interesting. You might have heard about it. I alluded to it last week with Keith Langer, and we'll talk to him about it a little bit as well. But um, basically where he's taking the word assault weapon on all of the uh, vernacular of the existing bills and inserting the words any rifle or shotgun with a semi-automatic mechanism. So basically they want to treat semi-automatic rifles and shotguns the same as assault weapons. And we already know how that's going uh, assault weapon ban in Massachusetts. Um, incidentally, the lawsuit that we were a part of on the assault weapons ban um, has been ruled against us. So they ruled in favor of the attorney general that she did not, in fact, create new regulation by enforcing the assault weapons ban. Now, interestingly enough, they asked for further clarification on this or testimony on this but ruled against us and basically said she just is enforcing the assault weapons ban so she didn't create a new regulation but the assault weapons ban was enforced a different way for 18 years and now it's you know ruled a much different way by our attorney general and so basically the court affirmed her ability to change the way things are interpreted without a court involved and without creating a real regulation or without the legislature voting in a new law and without the governor's signature. So I find that to be especially disturbing, the fact that anything, maybe it's you know, sale of liquor or something, whatever some of the regulations are around that, she could all of a sudden wake up one day and go, nah, you can't do it that way. You got to do it this way. And everyone would have to capitulate. But something as as tough as firearms, um, you know, or especially as a right, and it's your, you know, freedom and a, your, your birthright here, um, you're very subject to a lot of people's interpretation of how that should look. And also, uh, politicians who don't pledge their life and liberty just by going to work every day. Uh, and they just think it's nothing like uh, David Linsky, who says, yeah, let's ban all semi-automatic rifles and uh, shotguns. Just ban them all right now. Let's just ban them. And this is a guy who's been in the legislature for much too long, if you ask me. And um, here he is just willy-nilly wanting to ban him. Now, our founding fathers 
pledged their fortunes, their freedom, and in some cases, their lives in order to give us the Bill of Rights and to recognize that these rights are endowed by our Creator. They are not given to us by our by a man or a, or a an elected official or a attorney general or a governor or a legislator or even a court for that matter. The court certainly weighs in a lot and rules, um, you know, one way or another to interpret it. But this is the perfect example of how elections have consequences, and unless we stop electing anti-government, anti-gun, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Freudian slip there, anti-gun officials, um, then we're going to continue to have people like David Linsky of Natick uh, trying to ban guns. And, you know, I love the fact that you go back to the early 90s when the Clintons were, you know, really the first time that it was on a wholesale level, the assault weapons ban that uh, President Biden takes president, uh, credit for um, was in 94. And that was told, look, no one's taking your guns away. If you already own these guns, you can keep them. And we just want to prevent assault weapons from falling into the wrong hands. We don't want to take your guns. I'm a duck hunter. I'm, I grew up hunting ducks. You know, I grew up hunting deer no one wants to take your deer rifle away no one wants to take your you know your handguns away even though by the way more people are killed with handguns every year through violent crime than any other rifle out there but for some reason we're going to hone in on semi-automatic shotguns and semi-automatic rifles and uh instead of they know more people will get upset if they come right after handguns because they're obviously carried on the body for defensive reasons. But if you've uh, got an assault weapon or a semi-automatic modern sport, sporting rifle, it's easy for them to call it a weapon of war and, you know, demonize it. Why do you need that? They appeal to people's morality. Why do you need that? Oh, boy. All right. I need that because... Um, my founding fathers recognized that that right is endowed by my creator. And frankly, I don't want a level playing field. If bad guys are going to break into my house and do me harm, I want as much firepower as I can possibly get. So that's just my own personal opinion on that. Why do you want a fair fight when you're not in the fight to begin with? To, you, you didn't ask to be in that fight. You're being attacked by an evil person and, you know, whatever. I digress. All right. So we were talking about Bill of Rights, not Bill of Needs. And then Jason chimes in and said coffee. Now, coffee is something that everybody needs. If you don't drink coffee, then I don't even know what to say about you. Um, you should start. But coffee is, it should be written into the Constitution that we preserve these rights here forth until the dawn, from the dawn of time until the, you know, forevermore that all people shall be able to drink coffee forever i agree to that and i'll drink to that ready mm -hmm. coffee is a need i would say it's just like air fire shelter water coffee it's all in that same discussion but anyway um let's get to some of your questions uh let me pull up your 
questions here. Mac was asking if we had enough green 1301 tacticals for this weekend, and hopefully we do. So if you need one of those, we got them. We also have the Marine finish, and those are awesome. And that would be a shotgun that David Linsky has in his crosshairs. So you might want to get that while you can. And if you haven't seen some of the reviews on the 1301 tactical, go ahead and jump on YouTube. And uh, there's been a, a few really good reviews. I know the firearms blog did a good review on it. And he took that to the Clint Smith Thunder Ranch for a two-day shotgun class. And he didn't even lubricate it. And it wasn't until like late in the second day that he started to have uh, a slower feeding issue. And Clint Smith's like, yeah, how about you put some lube on it? And he did, and it ran fine for the rest of the um, two-day class. But that was a pretty cool uh, kind of torture test of that gun. It's a very good gun. We sell. It's one of our best sellers here at Cape Gunworks. I'm a big fan of it. If you're going to have a tactical defensive shotgun, that would be a good choice to have. Um, some people want a pump action. They feel it's a little more reliable and a lot of people want pump shotguns for the wrong reason because it speaks the universal language. So it's... All right, we'll let, we'll let him get to his sound effects here. You got the pump action shotgun? Ready, set, go. Oh, he's too late. There it is. All right, so that's the uh, universal language. right? You, everybody on Earth knows what that sound is. And that's the... Uh, Soil your pants sound when when you hear that, right? It's, you know it's time to get out of Dodge when you hear that. But anyway, maybe that would be a, you know, a good deterrent for somebody. But I'm not relying on that. I would rather be ready and barricade myself into my bedroom or my safe room and get 911 on the horn and let the police come deal with the perp. If he's there for my computer or my lawn furniture, you can have it. I can buy new stuff. But um, the Beretta 1301 Tactical, I used to call it the poor man's Benelli M4 because it's very similar to the M4. But honestly, I don't think it's any compromise whatsoever over the M4. I think it's probably even a better shotgun. And it's $500 to $600 cheaper. So check it out. We got some at Cape Gunworks. All right, like I mentioned, U.S. Law Shield, you can go there, 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to get signed up, and you will be very happy you did. Cheap insurance, you want to do that, get it. Um, we'll get to more of your questions on the other side, and uh, we'll, we're going to be talking to Keith Langer as well. So we'll get to him. Uh, so stay tuned, a lot more to come. On the show, you're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, 
and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong. And Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months. So it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. This is attorney Keith G. Langer, not just a gun rights lawyer, but a fellow gun owner at home on the range as well as in court. I can help you obtain or regain your firearms license, recover or transfer your firearms, and defend you against firearms or other criminal charges. I can also help protect your property with will sets, including trusts, healthcare proxies, and powers of attorney zoning or other permitting issues, as well as collections and civil litigation. To schedule a consultation, call 508-384-8692, that's 508-384-8692, or visit my website, kglangerlaw.com. Talk to you soon. Welcome back. This is Toby Leary, your host of Rapid Fire, and we are joined this time every week with attorney Keith Langer, and we're happy to have him on. How you doing today, Keith? I am happier than usual, and there's an even bigger story for us in Massachusetts than Cuomo. I cannot believe you missed it. <laughs> it was on the pre Our pre-roll. It was on the pre-roll. Oh, oh, the show. Oh, go ahead. Let me let me hear it first. Here we got some breaking news from Keith Langer. Let's hear it. The the noted Massachusetts hoplophobe the spewer of the garbage we were discussing last week, year after year after year in the legislative session, is now in the crosshairs of the IRS for, wait for it, non-payment of taxes. No, say it ain't Rules so. Rules for thee, but not for me. <laughs> now, which of the aforementioned uh, usual suspects are we talking about? As I said, Linsky. Ah, Linsky. The one okay. you were just talking about before. I can't yeah. believe you didn't... I Give can't believe glad I didn't. tidings. I I'm, I don't know how I missed it, but I'm glad. That... Let the Schadenfreude flow. Hello, <laughs> this is attorney. Beautiful. Well, hey, you know, I want to just see hypocrisy. You know, they toss around and cast aspersions on everybody that they don't like, and like you said, it's rules for thee and not for me. And their smugness, they feel they can get away with anything and usually do for a long time. And so there's nothing that warms the cockles of my heart more than when I see somebody who's been trying to get away with something that you and I would promptly go to jail for, uh, you know, be brought well, to Go justice. to my Facebook page because I posted it 
and you will see the poster boy for smug. Nice. Having met with him and talked with him, I can tell you that his picture should be next to the definition. <laughs> well, that's good news, and hopefully maybe his bill will die on the vine and uh, won't All get— All of them. Yeah, won't, <laughs> won't end up uh, making it out of whatever committee it ends up clogging up in. So a uh, couple things I wanted to talk talk about this week if we have time. But first of all, um, we've gone on and talked a couple of times about people who are moving to the state. And I got a call from somebody who took issue with some of the advice we gave. And it was somebody who was a retired government official who is still well connected. I'm not going to mention what agency he worked for. The good news is he doesn't really have a dog in the fight and doesn't really care that much. But he said, we gave out some terrible advice. And that was that if you move here and you bring the guns with you, that you don't have to register them. And he said, we could be setting someone up for failure if that's the case. And I figured we'd get you back on and clarify that and talk about it and you know, maybe give the chapter and verse of where that comes from. So uh, without further ado, we'll jump right into that, and then we'll get to my second one if time permits. Sounds like you were talking to an ex-cop, because (laughs) I dealt with the case where the police charged my client with failure to register firearms, notwithstanding the fact that they made zero, I repeat, zero investigation to where the firearms came from. They simply got the laundry list from the Firearms Records Bureau, saw guns that weren't on the list and said, oh, my God, he didn't register them. Well, guess what? He didn't have to. Hmm. Because if you move here with the guns, again, move here with the guns, you don't have to. They've got to be in the van with you. Not you come here, you buy the house, you set up your life, you get a license, and then go back to your old house and bring them in. (laughs) If you bring them with you, you do not have to register them. Hmm. And you, your, your less than learned friend should go review Chapter 140, Section 128B, Unauthorized Purchase of Firearms, Report to Commissioner, Penalties. And it says a resident of the Commonwealth who purchases or obtains a firearm, rifle, or shotgun, or machine gun from any source within or without the Commonwealth, other than a licensed shop like you, of course, must register the firearm. Hmm. And it goes on to say that a non-resident of the Commonwealth who purchases or obtains a firearm, rifle, shotgun, or machine gun within the Commonwealth or from without the Commonwealth and brings it in has seven days. So if you or a Massachusetts resident, and you bought a long arm in New Hampshire, you have a week from the time you brought it in here to register it. Mm-hmm. If you built your own gun from an 80% kit, or heck, from scratch, you have one week from the time the gun becomes operational to register it. And if you buy a gun in Massachusetts from someone other than a dealer, i.e. a private transfer, you've got a week to register the acquisition on the EFA-10 portal. Got it. And if you moved here, as my client did, with his guns in the truck, keep them in your house and while your license is pending, you do not have to register them. 
and I invite your left and learned friend to prove otherwise. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. a challenge. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're, you're speaking from empirical experience, not just, uh, you know, some speculation. You know what I mean? If you represented a client in that exact scenario and, the, you know, then it's a done deal. You know what I mean? You have the... But that doesn't stop the cops from prosecuting him. Sure. So the cops don't know or don't care. They made no effort to actually ascertain where the guns came from. He signed a waiver of Miranda rights. They could have asked him where the guns came from. Hmm. They didn't even do that, the minimus level of investigation. They looked at the FRB law and said, oh, my God, unregistered guns, derp, derp, and ran off to court to get a criminal complaint. They didn't even go to a clerk magistrate's hearing where it could have been disposed of. They went right for the criminal complaint. And the Mm -hmm. first thing the judge said when we came in, ostensibly to seat the jury, that's how far this had gone, after it was delayed because the Commonwealth had not even bothered to prove the guns were functioning guns, which they're required to. We were on the verge of a trial. They had to get a delay for that. So now we're ready to seat the jury. And the judge comes in, and the first thing he says is, well, counselor, why isn't your client tendering a plea? How's that for objective? (laughs) Wow. In other words, we don't want to waste the court's time. We just want to make him a criminal. And so here, figure out something, right? (laughs) Yeah, because I don't want to bother seating a jury. I don't want to bother hearing a case. Why aren't you tendering a plea? Wow. I don't want to have to do my job. That's what that is, right? Exactly. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Not that I have an opinion. <laughs> well, so, you know, I actually just gave your name and number out to a guy, a gentleman, who had a very unfortunate situation where he was taking some medication that reacted a certain way with his body and he was fortunate enough to pull the car over and not end up in a in a wreck but he was obviously inebriated that and it was a certain combination of prescription medications that he was prescribed it wasn't like he was taking these medications for illicit reasons and uh he was sitting there in the car and had already pulled over and the police showed up and immediately arrested him for driving and operating under the influence. And fortunately for him, they were able to uh, ascertain that what he was saying was correct. He was not, you know, he didn't just leave the bar after happy hour. And and uh, he was, he was, had a reaction to the medications he was on. And so um, they dropped all the charges. They basically, um, they basically said, yeah, we understand what was going on now. Um, and by the way, they seized his permit in the process and took his license to carry. And, and when he uh, tried to, I don't know if they took it, but when he tried to come in and buy a gun once uh, long after this event, they it said suspended. His license had been suspended and they have not restored it yet. So I told him to go talk to the chief in whatever town this occurred in and or his town and and find out what the deal is with that and then if he doesn't get anywhere to give you a call but um have you seen situations like that in the past personally no but uh you see it on the internet fairly often usually with diabetics Mm -hmm. you know they didn't monitor their sugar they started to wooze out and either they 
woos out or they pulled over. There's a terrible case in England. The guy pulled into a parking lot. He's not even on a public way. He is in a parking lot hmm. trying to monitor his sugar and get his blood sugar up before he goes into the diabetic coma. Hmm. And the cops treated him like a drunk, roughed him up, and arrested him, oh. carried him off in, in the cruiser. Jeez. Yeah, so that that seems like it should be pretty easy to get your rights restored, does it not? But I'm sure nothing's easy in this state once you lose your rights. How but... long have you been in this state? <laughs> it seems like <laughs> it should be easy, and I know... <laughs> I know it's probably Again, not. how long have you been in this state? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Common sense, you know, they always use those terms, too, in gun control. Common sense gun control. How about common sense, like, as it applies to guns and your rights? But I guess common sense isn't so common. Anyway, um, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about real quick is, I don't know if you read that article on the... Uh, that case down in Connecticut where uh, the a guy had been pulled over and when he the police arrived um, and we could hold you over the break because we're, we're going to have to go to the break. But I don't know if you've heard about this yet, but um, he handed the police officer his license and his license to carry. And I guess a federal judge just recently ruled on this, but. So they once he handed him the license to carry, he he proffered that he had a gun on him and the cop ordered him out of the car and put him in the handcuffed him and put him in the back of the cruiser while he verified if his license was in fact valid. And the they ruled that that was a violation of his Fourth Amendment rights to put him in cuffs and put him in the car uh, cruiser while they determined if it was counterfeit license or not. But um, you got time to stay over on the other side, Keith? Yes. Okay, cool. So stand by. We'll be back with Keith after this. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. Can I talk to Keith? Nobody thinks it will happen to them. But with over 2,000 emergency phone calls per month to our independent program attorney answered hotline, it's closer to home than you think. At U.S. Law Shield, we give you exclusive access to our 24 7, 365 emergency hotline. Not a call center, direct access to our network of independent program attorneys. With a price point of only $10.95 per month and unlimited attorney hours for criminal and civil defense, U.S. Law Shield provides you with unparalleled service and protection where it matters most. No other program comes close. We believe an educated member is an empowered member. We do this by providing educational resources featuring seasoned attorneys, firearms instructors, law enforcement, and experts in all areas. We at U.S. Law Shield believe peace of mind should come with simple and affordable protection. All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire. This is Toby Leary, and we are talking with attorney Keith Langer, uh, who's a very good Second Amendment attorney here in the state of Massachusetts, and hopefully you never need his services. But if you do, 
you're going to want to call him and, and get him on your side. But uh, before the break, I was talking about um, this article I was reading by uh, on Reason.com, and it was uh, about the Fourth Amendment forbids handcuffing driver just because he has a gun and a permit. And I've always been under the impression that, you know, why bother talking about a gun if you have one on you? Unless they ask you, then answer truthfully. But I never volunteer that information. Um, in the state of Maine, I know you have to if you're carrying a gun. They're a, they're a concealed carry state. Uh, they're a constitutional carry state. But that's the one rule around that is you got to tell the police officer you're carrying right away. But anyway, I didn't know if you had a chance to see that uh, ruling that came down. It was a decision on uh, a week or two ago by Judge Janet Bond um, in Connecticut. And uh, it was a situation where this person volunteered his license and his license to carry and said he had a gun on him. And so the cop out of, you know, he said it was out of uh, a suspicion that the gun might be illegally possessed and it was a counterfeit license. Like, why would you ever volunteer a counterfeit license? Um, that they put him in cuffs and put him in the car. And, you know, it kind of caused the hair on the back of my neck to stand up that if you're trying to do all the right things and they still can cuff you and put you in the car. Um, but this judge came down and ruled that it was a violation of the Fourth Amendment. And, like, they don't do that on traffic stops, routine traffic stops. When you hand them your license, they don't order you out of the car and into the cruiser pending their investigation of whether or not you're license is legit so why should they do that to on a on a firearms license they shouldn't and that's why they got dinged by the court there's no criminal activity he he was cuffed when he was cuffed he was arrested mm. he was arrested for being perfectly legal right he showed the permit the permit showed he was in lawful possession of the firearm as we were discussing over the break, this is equivalent to seizing the car and taking your driver's license to make sure that the car wasn't stolen and your license isn't fake. Right. But they get away with it because, oh, my God, guns, officer safety, da-da-da. Right. When, in fact, all they had to do was secure the firearm while they were confirming the uh, detained person's identity for whatever they pulled them over for, which is a driving offense. Mm -hmm. But we had something similar in Boston, not Boston, in Springfield, uh, three or four years ago, where some Barney Fife type cop in front of the Springfield court saw an attorney with his coat blow open and saw the gun briefly. So he grabs the attorney, cuffs him, takes the gun, takes the license with the same nonsense. Well, it could be a stolen gun, and we have to ascertain that the license is valid. Well, there's a presumption of it being valid, unless we have evidence to the contrary. Plus, they can ascertain the validity of a, the license uh, in no time with the computer link to the FRB. But they took the gun, took the license, carried them off, and then the court, in its infinite wisdom, held that this was perfectly reasonable and there was no improper activity. I don't know if the guy ever got the license of the gun back. I can't remember. Wow. Amazing. What other piece of personal property would they, would people allow the government to do that with? Um, it just goes on to 
further prove how Clarence Thomas, Clarence Thomas uh, says that the Second Amendment has become a disfavored right. And, you know, with the even the Supreme Court's uh, hesitancy to take a case and, you know, in the past 10 years or whatever it is, uh, you know, they just treat it like it's the disfavored right amongst, you know, it's 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 on its way out. It's being sunsetted. It's not one that anyone really takes seriously because we've allowed the infringement to go on for so long. But it's a it's unbelievable. All right. Well, thank you so much, Keith, for your wisdom. Every time you come on, we learn something new and I appreciate it. And uh, we'll put um, where to find you on there. But if you uh, if is he still on and you can go ahead and how do people reach you, Keith? How do they find you? They go to the they go to the website, uh, which is kglangerlaw.com, and use the contact sheet, or they call me. All right, wonderful. And uh, like I said, hopefully you don't need them, but if you do, you get the right guy, and you're gonna be happy with the results. So thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Take uh, care, Toby. Yep. Bye. All right, we will be back. If you're looking for legal protection. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer on U.S. Law Shield self-defense insurance. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. Stand by. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Snap Safe, featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. Snap Safe, a modular safe with welded safe security. All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire. This is Toby Leary. Join us every week as we record this show. Go to capegunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire, and sign up to be uh, alerted anytime we go live. Also, we give stuff away all the time, so you want to go ahead and get signed up for our giveaway. We give something away every week. This week, we're going to give something away. I don't know what the heck we're giving away, but what is it? Oh, yeah, we're giving away the Hornady Snap Safe. So they are one of the sponsors of the show, um, and we sell a ton of these. They're the personal defense safe. You can get the keyed one or the combo one, and they work great to secure your weapon, which is a responsible thing to do if you're a gun owner. You want to make sure that there's no unauthorized access to your firearms. Also, join us this year for the Veterans Top Shot Invitational Shooting Contest. Sign up at topshotinvitational.com and support 
these great charities. We support Heroes in Transition, and we also support uh, support the Nicholas Giaxaros Fund. Both of these are homegrown gold star charities that are doing a lot of good in our communities. They are doing the they are doing the Lord's work when it comes to our veterans and veterans causes. Um, <laughs> all right, over there, Professor Claus really excited about his uh, his uh, new toys. But anyway, um, this is this the course of fire is going to be a lot of fun, and you don't have to be a crack shot. Just get someone on your team that is, because it's going to be foursome. Think of a golf tournament where you go, you show up with four buddies. What do you do? You you got three guys who can't play, and you always invite that one ringer that's going to help you get through the day and have a lot of fun, and he's going to put you on the green and get you close to the pin a couple times. So if you don't shoot a lot or you haven't shot at all, but you still want to come, just invite Uncle Joe who you know was in the nom and he knows how to shoot guns and stuff like that and you're going to get to shoot a 22 pistol 22 rifle 9 millimeter pistol and 9 millimeter rifle and the best score amongst the four is your team score so it's like like a best ball tournament like if you have that one ringer on the team he's going to bump up your score but meanwhile you've come in and you've contributed and you've had a lot of fun and you got to shoot some good guns and there's tons of other stuff going on music and food and events and giveaways and prizes and all that good stuff but it's all for a great cause and it's going to be a ton of fun it has been better and better every year and so there's a very limited amount of spots so you want to make sure you get signed up but get a team together get four buddies men women you know children over 12 come on down it's a great time you know families have come father son you know mother daughter situations we've i think we had in one team a couple years ago we had three uh, generations on one team we had a grandfather a father and a son all shooting on the same team it was a ton of fun and it's 99 bucks a person and all this money that's going to be raised for charity Uh, we already raised a ton of money for these two uh, organizations back on the golf side of things this this past spring so but now we're going to do the gun fun fun gun stuff so it'll be awesome and that's september 11th from 4 to 8 p.m and you can go to top shot invitational and get signed up so let me try and get to some of your questions here um davy's wondering is the ag a lifetime job and that's a big negative she gets she has to run for election and and get voted in and we just keep doing it we keep electing i think the last four attorney generals have all been from the same area i believe it's middlesex county and they've all been pretty anti-gun and you just you know usually when one sets a precedent it has not been the tradition that they will usurp the prior attorney general by undoing their you know interpretation of whatever they're doing so that's just the way it works so usually when one implements something it's the letter of the law for a while mike says a true weapon of war is select fire meaning it's a machine gun and machine guns have been very tightly regulated since 1934 that's true story right there um 
And Bounced wants to know if we have anything that shoots 5.56 five, or 2.23 for this weekend. And yes, we do. We have a lot of guns that shoot 5.56 five, or 2.23. We have um, the Set Me L rifle. We have a brand new, I'm going to tease it out right now, the HKSL8. We have a couple of those. So if you want one of those, you'll have to check them out. And Tom was even asking, do we sell the HKSL8? And we did. We sold one yesterday. Um, I got a couple in and one went out the door immediately and somebody had the inside track I knew they were an HK collector and I gave them the courtesy call and I don't know if you guys saw the uh, video that we posted where I unbox it but I unbox it and I sent him that video before we posted it to social media and it was pretty funny he's like you're killing me how much you're killing me <laughs> so it's it's a pretty cool gun so you want to check that out. Um, and James is saying he's a first-time watcher. And uh, he did the pre-test to use the range, but he lost the email. Is it in our system so he doesn't have to do it all over again and take the test? We might make you do it all over again, James, just for losing the email. But no, it is in the system. So you're good to go. So come on down and we'll we'll get you started and get you shooting. Um, not a problem. Um, all right, we have a winner for the Hornady Snap Safe, and that's Ben Marshall. Ben, congratulations. You are the proud new owner of a wonderfully built Hornady, uh, Hornady Snap Safe, and uh, we sell a ton of those. They're by far our best selling safe, and uh, they, you know, they're cheap and cheerful. So, you know, when you get one for the car or the house or the office, you can tether it to the to a seat or tether it to a piece of furniture so someone can't just pick it up and walk off with it and it does also uh, meet TSA standards if you're flying with a handgun you can use it to put in your luggage and check the gun in and declare it as you travel so I used one to go to Alaska and they worked out great so congratulations Ben come and get it well we'll give you a call so Hopefully you're watching the show and you know, and you're standing there and you're wherever you might be with your arms raised in jubilant, you know, celebration that you are the proud new owner. All right. Well, we got some other questions here. Let's see. Um, Harry's wondering if I've ever heard of getting someone like a lawyer on a contingency basis for an LTC case. Um, yes, definitely. Uh, a lot of people like Keith uh, can help you with that. If and I assume it's because somebody is, you know, you're not getting your license issued, or there's something that's making it harder. But absolutely, uh, they can help you. I wouldn't do it preemptively, just expecting a fight, because most, you know, licensing officials are going to be able to help you out. They're not going to, uh, you know shut the door in your face and say go get a lawyer uh, although there are some towns that seem like that's the way it goes especially during covid when they shut down the police departments to the public it was kind of like hey yeah we're not doing that right now go see how that works out for you but um for the most part i think uh you're you're not going to find that and especially if you live on cape cod i know that most of the towns here on cape are very uh, good to work with. Some of them do require that you sit down with the chief, make an appointment, which can add to the 
overall frustration of it, but they want to look you in the eye and say, hey, so you want a license? Okay. And then you do that and you're good to go. But anyway, that's just the way it works. We are on for two hours now on rapid fire. So if you're listening online, you can hold over for the second hour. If you're on WCRN, we're coming right back up after the break. And if you aren't on either of those, you can always podcast and listen to our second hour wherever the podcast can be found or just go to capegunworks.com and you can hear our archive. But we will get to more of your questions in the second hour. And we look forward to seeing you all next week on those stations that only carry us for one hour. But we will uh, we will be back for sure. And it's always a great time talking to you guys. So if you're heading off, we'll miss you and we'll see you next time. But if you're going to be around for the second hour, stand by. We will be right back. God bless. I'm Toby Leary. You're listening to Rapid Fire. tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road Hyannis or capegunworks.com. All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. Make sure you go to capegunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire, and get signed up to be notified anytime we go live. And we're going to get right back to a few of your questions here. Um, we had one question about a product. Let me get to it. And that is EJ wants to know if we can get the Henry 410 Axe. And I could get it, but I could never sell it to you, EJ, unfortunately. Um, because it is considered a firearm under the definition of Massachusetts law and therefore is subject to the approved weapons roster. So even though it's a lever-action shotgun and 410 gauge, because it has a 15.5-inch barrel, it would be considered a firearm and therefore subject to the approved weapons roster. So I highly doubt Henry is going out anytime soon to uh, to get that gun approved and added to the added to the roster. So I don't think that's going to happen. Um, welcome to Afghanistan. That's all I can say about that. Matt's wondering if he was to go through changing his AR pistol to an SBR with a tax stamp, could you put a vertical fire gri- uh, foregrip on it? 
And absolutely you can. You can definitely put a uh, vertical foregrip on a short-barreled rifle. I might even, yeah, I have one behind me on the wall, um, an SBR with a vertical foregrip. So that's not a problem. But you're right in the way you're phrasing the question. That is, um, you're implying that you can't put a vertical foregrip on an AR pistol, which is true. You cannot put a vertical foregrip on a pistol. That would make it too deadly, and now it could no longer be considered a pistol. So I don't know. I don't know why it <laughs> would change from a pistol to a illegal gun, but it becomes an other at that point, which is a NFA tax of five dollars and a lot of paperwork. Same amount of paperwork you got to go through to um, get an SBR, but you'll you have to pay five bucks and wait. So you might as well go with the SBR and then you can put the vertical foregrip on it and have a real stock, not just a arm brace. Uh, Isaac wants to know if we have any pre-band 92FS mags in stock. I don't believe we do. I think we had that question the other day. Um, but those do come in from time to time. So check back with us, Isaac, and I believe we'll be able to get some. Um, let's see, uh, Davey is wondering what the, De uh, Daniel defense rifles on our website are for, um, Davey, we sell throughout the country. It's not just to the people of Massachusetts. So if it smells like a duck and walks like a duck, chances are it's a duck. So if it looks like an AR and smells like an AR and acts like an AR, Chances are it is an AR, and I can't sell it in Massachusetts. So they are not neutered for mass because there's no way to neuter a quote-unquote assault weapon uh, for sale in Massachusetts since the enforcement notice. Now, that is a true assault weapon there, uh, Professor Claw. So um, let's see. Uh, can I shoot alone at Top Shot, or do we need a team? That's a great question, Mac. Um so if you're joining us here in the second hour, he's talking about the Veterans Top Shot Invitational where I talked about getting a four-man team and coming in. You don't need to have a four-man team. You can sign up as an individual and we will place you on a team with other individuals because not everybody has four gun buddies. So, um, But I really recommend you get someone who's never shot a gun and bring them along just for the fun of it because it's a great structured, organized event and it is a lot of fun. My mom came and shot it a couple of years ago. My aunt, who had never shot a gun. My dad, who wasn't a gun guy. And, you know, they did it. So it was fun. They had a blast, by the way. I'm here all week, folks. Um, <laughs> but, yes, you can shoot alone. You don't need a team. We'll put you on a team with other people so that you get to four people. And um, that would be good. Uh, we'd love to have you. So we would love to have anyone who wants to shoot. Space is very limited, so make sure you sign up at uh, Veterans Top Shot Invitational, or it's topshotinvitational.com. Um, let's see. Hustle Montana wants to know, is the A&P, that, that isn't enough information for me to go on there, Hustle, so I don't know what that means. Re-ask that question, and uh, that would be good. Um, the Smith & Wesson M&P Sport 2, a good AR, it's okay. Um, that's 
I guess the follow-up to the question. Sorry, I didn't read far enough down. Um, it's not a bad AR uh, for the money. You know what I mean? If it's Let's put it this way. N most of us aren't going to war. Most of us aren't using a gun every day at, on a on a mission to save the world or to rescue hostages behind enemy lines. So is the MMP Sport 2 a good AR for those purposes, for like every day shooting once a month, twice a year? Absolutely, for the money. Is it something I would give to a soldier going off to Afghanistan? Probably not, but that's just it. How about a CGW Apparel Ensemble? Nice giveaway. That would be a good giveaway. We could do something like that. I like that. Yeah, maybe we'll do something like that. Maybe we'll give away a three t-shirt deal this week. So let it be written. So let it be done. All right. You got that? Write that one down. All right. We're going to give away that our favorite three shirts. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, and Keith chimes in that Harshbarger, Riley, Coakley, and Healy all came out of the Middlesex County DA machine. They apparently spit out anti-gun AGs like nobody's business in Middlesex County. So, yeah, they're all cut from the same cloth. And, you know, Harshbarger was really the first I remember. Like, I was a new gun owner. It was 93, 94. And I was 18, 19 years old. And I was gung-ho and, you know, finally able to buy guns. And all of a sudden, here comes Harshbarger and, you know, really ramming gun control down. That was the whole deal with um, the that they snuck in that sweetheart deal with Smith and Wesson actually and uh said you got to test the gun under the consumer protection act and blah 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 that was really when all that started taking place i don't remember what year that was but it was um I, it was like man i finally can buy a gun and now all of a sudden it's going to be on some list and on some roster and here we go uh and smith and wesson paid a stiff price for that for a long time but uh Short memories and much different ownership now and, and administration now um, than back then. But let's see. Uh, thoughts on the new bill being proposed in mass where assault weapon will be replaced by the following words. Any rifle or shotgun containing a semi-automatic mechanism. Well, just in the verbiage of that, you can tell that <laughs> politicians don't know much about guns. But I like... Uh, what we talked about in the first hour with Keith Langer that David Linsky um, has been brought up on failure to pay taxes charges. So here's a guy who's trying to avoid paying taxes, but yet he wants to make sure that you can't have a gun. So go figure. Um, but I think you know where I, my what my thoughts are on that, Liam, that it is an infringement upon our rights and should be immediately sent to the waste bin of where bad bills go to die and that's where i would send it if i was on any committee of whatever all right so get your license we have regularly scheduled ltc courses go to capegunworks.com slash classes including ladies only and couples classes we're running four or five classes a week right now so lots of different time to get your ltc and go to the website and sign up today all right, we'll be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm too.
If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1 MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16 MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low light shooting, and because the reticle is glass etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target up to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC3. All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire. This is Toby Leary, and don't forget to join us for the Veterans Top Shot Shooting Contest this fall on September 11th from 4 to 8 p.m. Get your team together and go to topshotinvitational.com and get signed up, and you'll be supporting some great homegrown Gold Star charities, Heroes in Transition and the Nicholas G. Xaros Fund here on Cape Cod. So doing great work. I uh, would love to see you, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a great festive atmosphere. We've got some vendors coming, some food, and it's going to be awesome. 99 bucks a person, and a lot of this money is going to charity, so it's going to be great. Um, all right, let's get back to some of your questions here. Um, Max saying, let's go for three hours, Toby. I wish. <laughs> um and Hans is saying, do we stock both the Mean Arms MA loaders and the BF-10 loaders? Uh, as of right now, we just stock the Mean Arms MA loaders. Uh, the Bear Flag Defense ones are very good, though, I will say. Um, we will probably look into bringing those in as we sell more and more fixed mag ARs in Massachusetts. Um, Cavi's saying he's listening while he's down in Disney World. So we appreciate that. He's saying hello to his fellow Second Amendmenters. And uh, hey, what better place to listen than Disney World? So I think that's uh, great and I appreciate that. And that's why it's important to get signed up at capegunworks.com. Click on Rapid Fire so you can be wherever you are and listen. So that's a good thing. You don't have to wait for it to come on in the, this weekend on the on the radio. Um. Dan is saying that he has an LEO friend saying that he cannot sell you one of his Glocks because they don't like that kind of stuff. <laughs> so I want to show him this later. So what's the truth? All right. The truth of the matter is, Dan, that there's no law that says you can't own a Glock. There's no law that exists that says you can't own a Glock. The only law, if you will, and I use that term loosely, is the fact that there is an attorney general's regulation that prohibits licensed gun dealers like myself from selling you a Glock because you're not law enforcement. So therefore, you're subject to the Commonwealth of Massachusetts regulation, which 
mandates that this gun have a loaded chamber indicator. Police can buy them from me because they are not subject to the Attorney General's regulations. Just the mere mortals are. But the funniest part is Tom Riley's letter when they kind of enforced the fact that you can't sell Glocks to civilians or to non-law enforcement states that these guns are unsafe because they don't have a loaded chamber indicator and therefore if you have a Glock you should immediately return it to the licensed gun shop that you bought it from and they will give you a full refund because Glock stepped up to the plate and gave them full retail value of the gun so the dealer kept the profit the Glock got screwed in the deal and they bought the guns back at full retail price because you shouldn't own that unsafe gun because it doesn't have a loaded chamber indicator and the funny thing is the extractor bulges out of the side of the gun when the gun is loaded that you can actually feel with your finger when the gun is loaded but the approved loaded chamber indicators by a lot of companies is a hole in the top of the slide in between the slide and the barrel so you can look down inside and see the brass that's an approved loaded chamber indicator because that company calls it a loaded chamber indicator. But because Glock doesn't call the bulging extractor a loaded chamber indicator like HK does and they paint the top of it red, therefore we can't sell Glocks. So, but there's no law that says you can't own a Glock. So that LEO friend who has a Glock, if he wants to sell it to you, can absolutely legally sell it to you on the FA-10 you go on the EFA-10, just Google EFA-10. It'll bring up the gun transaction portal. And both of you present, you know, you put in your license and your PIN number and all that stuff. And then you put the gun information. And it'll even get to a screen where it says the transaction is allowed to proceed. And then he can sell it to you. Obviously, he can't sell you high-capacity magazines because they don't like those kind of things they don't like that kind of stuff in this state so <laughs> so civilians having high capacity magazines they definitely don't like that stuff but he can sell you the gun and you can come in and buy the low capacity magazines um let's see did i just say or admit there are assault weapons no you got to learn to read between the lines here so the way i say assault weapons always has air quotes around it. I'm just not going through the quote-unquote and then explaining myself. And, you know, it's a co-opted term. Assault weapon, yes, you're right, bounced that anything could be used for assault. I think uh, after reading Gary Aldrich's book, Unlimited Access, Hillary Clinton assaulted Bill Clinton with a ceramic uh, ashtray. So we don't go around calling ashtrays assault trays. We call them ashtrays. Although I think those have been banned. I haven't even laid eyes on an ashtray in like 10 years. You used to see them all over the place. And I'm sure in the presidential quarters, like the they were probably like big glass heavy with like the seal of the president of the United States in there. But when she hurled that at Bill Clinton, that became an assault ashtray. And... We don't go around from now on, henceforth and forever, calling them assault trays. They're still an ashtray. So weapons are weapons, right? They're tools, and they can be used for defensive purposes, 
Or could they be used to assault people? Yup. So can an automobile. So can your kitchen knife. What do I have that I can assault Professor Claw over there so he stops playing with the... <laughs> uh, so anyway, anything can be used for assault. But whenever I refer to assault weapons, I'm doing it in air quotes with all emphasis added for effect because it's a co-opted term that we're stuck with in Massachusetts because guess what? It is actually written into our law in Massachusetts. There's actually a definition of assault weapon. And it's basically the same definition that was written into law in 94 in the Federal Assault Weapons Ban. So I'm not going to sit here and explain myself every time I use the word assault weapon. But I try to add some inflection so that you know there's some air quotes going on around that. Um, but anyway, we're kind of stuck with the term. Face it. You know what I mean? Good luck. All right. Let's see. So, John, this is basically the same question as earlier about the Daniel Defense. What uh, rifles on our website? The M&P 15 Sport 2 that I just spoke about, mass compliant, looking to buy. No, um, it is not uh, mass compliant, unfortunately. And what's really funny is sometimes we'll get a gun transferred in from out of state, and it's one of the older... M&P 15s that used to say mass compliant on the box because they neutered the muzzle brake and the bayonet lug and it didn't have a collapsible stock or a folding stock, blah, 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 or a threaded barrel and all that. And so every once in a while we'll get one because some guy in Ohio still has one on his website that says mass compliant. So they get all excited and they have it shipped in and only to be told by us that I'm sorry, we cannot do that transfer for you. And they're like, but why it's mass compliant? And I'm like, it was mass compliant for 18 years until uh, July 16th, 2000. I'm sorry, July 20th, 2016. The day that will live in infamy. Ruined a good day golfing with my family. I finally decided to take a day off of work. And then all of a sudden my phone blowing up. I'm like, what in the world's going on? The world's on fire. And it was Brendan sending me SOS messages. Get to the shop quick. <laughs> Get to the chopper. He's like, he goes, there's nothing left in the shop. So anyway, it was uh, it was crazy. But all right, hopefully that answers your question. But John, if you want an AR platform, it's going to have to be a fixed mag. And currently we're selling the, um, the ones from DSI, Darkstorm. And also Franklin Armory. And some of the Franklin Armory ones are equipped with the BFS, the binary firing system. And that's kind of fun, but you go through 10 rounds pretty quick. So there you have it. Um, Hustle saying, he's relentless, folks. I'm sorry. Um, writing off a phone, sorry for the first message, but I'm a regular in the store and I'm window shopping for an AR and hopefully thousands, thousand or less due to budget. I heard that barrels can melt on cheap ARs. Um, I mean, I wouldn't worry about a barrel melting on a cheap AR. I'd just worry about it not performing well and firing well. Um, but I doubt you're going to find an AR for a thousand or less because at this point you're going to have to get a pre-ban or a fixed mag. And even a good fixed mag is going to run you twelve hundred bucks, eleven or twelve hundred bucks. But the pre-bans are, you know, north of two grand these days, and uh, that's the way it is. Um, but we have some other guns. We had a Caltech RFB, which is around the $1,000 range. It's gone now, but hopefully we'll get some more. But that's 
a good gun to get. You could always get a, a Mini 14, Ruger Mini 14 for right around a thousand bucks. Uh, we have those Set Me L rifles, which are $15.99, and they take pre ban AR mags and run really well. So we have some options for you. Um, Ricardo heard me mention that you can only buy four guns a year. Is that private sales or retail or both? Uh, that's You got it a little wrong. You can only sell four guns per year privately. You can bring in a truckload of guns to a gun dealer um, or send them you know, uh, to be sold at a gun dealer or a transfer to somebody else through a gun dealer. But you personally can only sell four guns per year. You can buy as many guns as you want. If you could only buy four guns a year, there'd be a lot of very disappointed people in this world, and I don't think would be sitting idly by. We'd be doing something about it, hopefully. Um, unfortunately, we oftentimes will pose with our SBR, with our $200 tax stamp, and then put on the bottom, shall not comply. But I think we just did, <laughs> right? We just paid the 200 bucks and got our tax stamp, and we did comply. And, you know, I agree with that. Comply but change it. So let's vote out the politicians that keep giving us the same old, same old. All right, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong. And Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months. So it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. And have you ever thought about taking a private lesson? Get one-on-one -on -one instruction tailored to you for pistol, rifle, or shotgun. Test out different guns. Go to capegunworks.com and forward slash privates. If you look at our class schedule, you'll see the privates listed there. We have several instructors that do a phenomenal job. And some people just want to try out a few guns under 
personal instruction and you know the tutelage of a qualified instructor and make sure they're doing it safe and whatnot and also learning some technique but other people want you know defensive firearms training other people just want to get better at shooting other people want to learn how their home defense shotgun works and whatnot so take a private lesson go to capegunworks.com forward slash privates and get signed up they're very popular they sign up quick but you're going to love it it's a lot of fun and it's a great way to get you know, one-on-one time with a qualified instructor. So getting back to some of your questions, which by the, by the way, if you want to be a part of the discussion, you got to go to capegunworks.com and click on rapid fire and you can get signed up there whenever we go live. Obviously, if you're listening on the radio uh, or on the podcast, um, you want to make your voice heard and you want one of your questions answered, you can always email us. We do read those questions, but it's better if you just jump on when, whenever we're recording the show and it can stream right in and I can comment on it as we talk about it. So, um, or as I see it come in, I'm much better kind of off the cuff than pre-scripted stuff. Whenever I have to do an ad and I have to like read something, it's like, uh, e, uh, 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 I'm much better just kind of talking off the cuff. So I make it up too. If I don't know, I'll just make it up. <laughs> On the Grace Curley show, she calls me the gun guru and uh, gun czar and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, Grace, you're you're going to make people want to stump the chump here. And sure enough, some guy calls in and says, when did Smith & Wesson start stop pinning and recessing their cylinders? And I'm like, uh, I don't know, late 50s? He's like, 1983 or whatever it was. And I'm like, don't. Sorry about that. I guess I'm not the gun guru anymore. But he was laughing. It was all kind of fun. But that's just the way it works. People love to. And listen, I'm the first to say that there's customers that come in this shop that have forgot more about guns than I'll ever know. And there's certain staff that work for me that are the same way. They're they could they're like the walking encyclopedia of gun knowledge. And, you know, I love the fact that I've surrounded myself with smart gun people. And so whenever I can, whenever I have to ask a question you know and everybody has their specialty or their little hobby horse uh like um russ i had a customer come in and say i have a 1952 m1 garand and is it okay to shoot this ammo in it i look at russ russ goes yep it's perfectly blah 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 blah, blah, blah. and he just rattled on didn't skip a beat and i'm like yeah cool what he said you know and uh <laughs> i don't know everything i yeah, we'll get Russ on the show one of these days. That'll be fun. And, uh, you know, we got Mark and Arthur that are like, you know, the walking encyclopedia of gun knowledge. And we have customers, though, that are just no joke when it comes to certain guns. There was a, you know, a Smith & Wesson model. I think it was a pre-model 32 kit gun or whatever it was with a certain type of sights and it was only made like for two years and this guy is a serious collector of Smith & Wesson pistols and we get one and Arthur calls him and says we got one and he knew what he was looking for and he ran down dropped whatever he was doing he said I've been going in gun stores in Massachusetts for 30 over 30 plus years he goes I've been waiting for the day when I will walk into a gun store in Massachusetts and actually see one of these guns. And here we are. So, 
you know, it, it was a foregone conclusion. He was not going to walk out without that gun. Um, and it was not a cheap gun. But if you didn't know the nuance of that gun, like that gun was made in other variations and it isn't a very expensive gun otherwise. But that one year or two year model with certain sights in a certain configuration, it was like the holy grail. And so it was pretty cool. So there's stuff like that that comes we come across all the time. So, all right, let's get back to some of your questions. Um, if you're buying a firearm online, uh, let's see. Yes. Um, someone's asking if they can buy a firearm online if we don't have it and get it transferred in and it's $40 uh, per weapon. Um, is that right? You're assuming? Yes, that's 100% right, Aaron. So a lot of people, you know, want some real specialized gun that maybe we can get, maybe we can't, but some gun store somewhere else has it in stock. By all means, we're willing to do a transfer for you. Not a big deal. It's 40 bucks and uh, you have it shipped in. It happens all the time. So not a problem. Um, so uh, let's see. You have all women's only LTC classes. Is there a special day for that? Um I'm sure there is. Do you know what day it is? We'll look that up for you right now. Um, but yes, there is a specific day for that class. Um, Rodrigo wants to know about the Tika. So we have some Tika T3X Tactical A1 Bolt Action 6.5 Creedmoor in 24-inch. It is a phenomenal bolt action rifle. Um, we have a couple left in stock. I know he wants to come in and get one. And uh, so... I would definitely not sleep on that one. Give us a call if you want it. Um, but it is a phenomenal gun. And we have it in the A1 Tactical Chassis in the 6.5 Creedmoor. And we also have it in the Tactical Short. They call it the 308 barrel with the 20-inch barrel. And that comes with just a regular black plastic stock. Or you can choose to upgrade it to the Wooks stock. And we have the Wooks chassis stock and the like hunting stock but it's kind of a cool cross between a wood and a aluminum stock and so you you definitely want to check that out so the ladies only classes are wednesday at 5 30 p.m so the next one is um i'm sorry we have one on wednesday september 6th september 8th so wednesday september 8th at 12 p.m and the ladies only one is at 5.30 p.m. So a regular license to carry class at 12 p.m. And then the ladies only at 5.30. So it's 125 bucks Mac. If you want that lady in your life signed up, go right over to capegunworks.com. Click on classes. So um, let's see. Uh, hopefully that helps you, Rodrigo, about the Tika. Uh, but give us a jingle. And... Uh, Bounced wants to know if you can build a Glock. Absolutely you can. Um, so we sell the Polymer 80 lowers. We sell the Polymer 80 frames uh, that aren't 80%. They're full guns. So you do the background check, and when you get it, you build it out. Um, we have the lower parts kits in stock too, which is they won't last long. Those, are, those go quick. Um, with the impending disaster of the people wanting to end ghost guns quote unquote that's another term i use like assault weapon uh emphasis added um 
with the ATF rule changes that are headed our way or proposed, if you haven't commented on that, by the way, go to the ATF website and comment, make your voice be heard. Um, there's a lot of people online that are scrambling to get their polymer 80 and their lower and whatnot and build out that quote unquote ghost gun. But if you do it in Massachusetts, you got seven days to build it. I mean, after you build it, you got seven days to register it. And so we have them uh, on our website even. And if it's the P80, we can ship it right to you. You finish it out. You put all the parts in it. If you're in Massachusetts, you can uh, register it within seven days. And then, um, so we sell all the parts for the Glock. We don't have Glock, quote unquote, brand lowers, but we have other stuff like uh, the P80. We have the Patriot Ordnance Foundation uh, or the Patriot's Ordnance Factory POF uh, Glock lowers. Those are excellent lowers as well. There's other companies like Zev that makes them. There's uh, Lone Wolf. There's a bunch of different companies that make them. Uh, I know Agency Arms makes them. We've got some of their stuff in the past, and it's very expensive, but you can get it. And then once you build it, you you know you can build it and register it and own your own that you built. So there you go. I don't know. Harry's wondering how many Glocks were given back to dealers. Probably not many. <laughs> I don't know, but. Uh, Davey says the Glock rule is the definition of tyranny. And I would agree with that. It's the most popular handgun in America. And under Heller, it was guns that are common and ordinary are the ones that should be able to be sold to the public whenever they want. It's us who dictates what guns are common and ordinary, not the government. And because of the government restriction on that, and it's been allowed to stand in Massachusetts courts and federal courts in Massachusetts, um, they, they, you know, it's still the law of the land. It's ridiculous. If it isn't the definition of tyranny, I don't know what is. And the very fact that it's one set of rules for us and another set of rules for you. So law enforcement officers, those with powers of arrest, can own the Glock because they're not subject to the Attorney General's regulations. And if that isn't the definition of hypocrisy, I don't know what is. Because they say you can't own it because it's unsafe. But then, again, we're going to let our police patrol the streets with these unsafe guns. What? You just told me this gun is too unsafe for me to own. But you're going to go ahead and give it to cops? And let them patrol the streets with these unsafe guns? Are you kidding me? Or are you just expecting that I am that dumb? And I don't understand simple, you know, math or simple text to read between the lines that I'm too stupid to own a Glock. That's really what it comes down to. But what I really see is the underlying nature of what it actually is, which is politicians finding ways and loopholes to backdoor gun ban. They all want to ban these guns. Not all politicians, but all the ones that are involved in these this gun control. Their ultimate goal is to take away all guns and ban all guns. And it appears that the Biden administration has found a loophole to ban the proliferation of information, which is a, uh, you know, a 
a violation of the First Amendment rights, which I know uh, there was a couple of groups that went to court when the government made them take down their their CAD files on, you know, printing and designing and manufacturing your own AR lower. And they sued saying this is a total violation of the First, Second, and Tenth Amendments. And they won. And those websites went back up. And now it appears that uh, the Biden administration has found a, a loophole to this by saying we're going to put this into the Department of Congress, um, uh, Commerce's hands and you're going to have to get a special permit and blah, blah, blah in order to be able to sell this type of information on the web. So just crazy. It's it's dizzying the amount of regulations. And all it proves to me is that government has got way too big, way too big. And I would like to see it knock down a couple notches and go back to a government of the people for the people by the people and put an end to career politicians that is ridiculous that people can spend their entire life in service of you know in service of making their bank accounts fat by crony capitalism and everything else it's where corruption is all right if you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA. That's easy to remember. CGWMA to 281-603-0066. CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer by U.S. Law Shield for self-defense insurance. You don't want to leave the house without it. All right, we will be back after this. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Lear. it will happen to them. But with over 2,000 emergency phone calls per month to our independent program attorney answered hotline, it's closer to home than you think. At U.S. Law Shield, we give you exclusive access to our 24-7, 365 emergency hotline. Not a call center, direct access to our network of independent program attorneys. With a price point of only $10.95 per month and unlimited attorney hours for criminal and civil defense, U.S. Law Shield provides you with unparalleled service and protection where it matters most. No other program comes close. We believe an educated member is an empowered member. We do this by providing educational resources featuring seasoned attorneys, firearms instructors, law enforcement, and experts in all areas we at U.S. Law Shield believe peace of mind should come with simple and affordable protection. All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. Join us every week. Thanks for, we're not live yet on WCRN in the second hour, but we will be someday. I promise you that. We will take your calls. If you want to be on the air or have your question addressed, make sure you go to capegunworks.com, click on rapid fire and get signed up to be alerted when we record. And we would love to take your calls on rapid fire. So a um, couple things. 
Uh, we talked in the first hour about the uh, that court ruling um, that the Fourth Amendment had been violated because a driver who gave the police officer his license, his license to carry, and informed the officer that he was in fact carrying a gun, and the police officer got him out of the car, handcuffed him, and put him in the back of the cruiser to determine whether or not his gun permit was in fact valid. Um, we talked about that with Keith, attorney Keith Langer in the first hour, but it begs the question of what is, what do you typically do when you're stopped and you are carrying a gun? I know certain states require that you tell them that you're carrying. I don't think Connecticut is one. I don't know that to be true, but I know Maine is a state that you must tell the uh, police officer when you're carrying in Massachusetts, it's not necessarily necessary. Um, I'm sure a lot of the states that issue a permit could easily figure it out just by running your information once they're in the car. But I've always been under the impression that it's better to just be quiet about it unless they ask. Like if a police officer asks me, hey, do you have any weapons in the car? I can then respond if I do. Um, I'll say, yes, I'm carrying a gun and it's either on me or, you know, um, in my holster and whatever position I'm carrying, whether it's three o'clock position or appendix position. And how would you like to proceed? And then, you know, if they say, don't worry about it, just let me see your driver's license and registration. We go on from there or they might say, I'd like to take the weapon off you and I'll cooperate, take the gun unload, you know, let him take it off me and whatnot, but I've never had that interaction. I know a lot of people have, but I figure I don't need to introduce that into the situation unless they ask. If they ask, I'm going to answer truthfully, but if they don't, it's why bother with another whole layer? Like, we'll just talk about the stop sign I blew through or the, you know, hot pink traffic light I, you know, went through or whatever. I don't know <laughs> whatever the reason I got stopped was, but the point is, I just don't proffer that information unless it's asked. And maybe other people feel differently. Maybe you're a cop and you feel like I should. Um, I don't know. I'd love to hear from you in the comments. Or um, by all means, you could call the show if you want and talk about that. But uh, I just have never made it a, a point to go out of my way to, to talk about it. Um, and I'm not sure what you what you do. But couple of funny stories along those lines though when I was 18 years old and I was moving from Sandwich to Harwich and I had um, my pickup truck stacked over the bed in the back over the cab of my truck I look like the clampets running down the mid-cape highway uh, with my bed and dresser and everything in the back everything I possessed in my pickup truck and the funniest part was I had a regular cab pickup and in the passenger seat there had to be about 15 or 20 rifle and pistol cases in the passenger seat of the truck. And I get pulled over. And my driver's side mirror was broken from, uh, that's another funny story how that got broken. I'll have to tell you that sometime. And uh, <laughs> But I didn't see the police officer trying to pull me over behind because I had the clamp it. Uh, again, another story for a different day. And finally, he swerved into the breakdown lane and put the siren on. And I heard him and saw him then. Oh, I'm being pulled over. So I pulled over 
and uh, the police officer walks up to the window and, you know, I pulled you over. I said, no, sir, I don't. He goes, you know, I've been following you for a, a mile. And I said, no, sir, I didn't. He goes, yeah, that's because your mirror's broken. And I said, yeah, I, I, I'm aware of that. I'll, I'll get that taken care of. I apologize. And he goes, okay. And he's staring over at the passenger seat and he goes, do you have any weapons in the car? <laughs> and I'm literally like, is this a trick question? Like, and I just point. I'd, all I did was point and started chuckling. He goes, all right, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to give you a hard time about it. Don't worry. And I was 18, and I looked about 16. I don't even think I was shaving yet, you know, and I had about 20 gun cases in the car. And the funny thing is, at the time, you could you could actually buy a pistol. Um, you just couldn't buy um, a pistol from a licensed gun shop. It was, again, one of those situations. You could buy them through a personal private sale, an EFA-10, and I had several of them. And, uh, but I had a ton of rifles as well. So he says, okay, great. I'm not going to give you a hard time. Don't worry about it. And I said, do you want to see my license? He goes, yeah, sure. So I give him my license. He runs back to the cruiser and all was well. I was back on my way in no time, but just kind of a funny situation that could happen. And, uh, you know, so what do you guys do when you're pulled over? And, uh, if you are carrying a gun, do you feel obligated to tell them or not? So we'll get back to some of your questions on the other side. You're listening to Rapid Fire. Don't forget about date night every Friday night and ladies night every other Thursday. We also have a range experience package. If you don't have a gun license, you'll get to shoot three different guns, a pistol, pistol caliber carbine, and a rifle under the wise tutelage of one of our range officers. So you want to make sure you do that when you come visit us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Snap Safe, featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. Snap Safe, a modular safe with welded safe security. back to rapid fire sponsored by vortex optics if you haven't checked out the full lineup of optics at the range here or at the shop come on down we have a great display of vortex optics by far the number one selling optic of cape gunworks and we love their product they come with an unconditional lifetime guarantee so if you want to make sure you take full advantage of that if you ever have an issue with one of their optics but i doubt you will the reason they offer such a good guarantee is very few of them actually come back. But if they do break, they're gonna warranty them. So unconditional lifetime warranty. Vortex Optics, it's great. All right, so before the break, we were talking about routine traffic stops while carrying a gun. Do you tell the police officer or not? And uh, we get a couple people responded here. Davey says, if you're pulled over and carrying, 
Don't be a nervous wreck. That scares the officer. That's good advice. If you're sweating bullets and you're looking, you know, you're acting like you stole it, you know, you're sweating like you stole it, then maybe maybe you're going to have some problems there. But honestly, I don't even give second thought to it. I really don't even think about it when a police officer uh, pulls me over. I never volunteer it. Um, and KJ says he has to disagree with that. I think it's a good idea to let the LE officer know that there is a weapon. Plus, it might make the officer feel better about you since you volunteered the info. All right. Yeah, maybe you're trying to score some brownie points by saying, hey, uh, please don't give me the ticket for going 20 over. But by the way, I got a gun on me. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's the way I look at it is I don't tell anybody anything unless I have to. And I'm not saying lie about it. By all means, if they ask, I'm honest and I'll talk. But I just don't think it's necessary info. To It's not germane to what the reason I got pulled over in the first place. Like I maybe I ran a red light or I failed to stop or I, you know, was going a little fast or I don't know, whatever the situation is. And the fact that I'm carrying a gun has nothing to do with that. Um, so. Yeah, maybe it might make the cop feel better, but if he doesn't even know I got a gun in the first place, what am I trying to make him feel better over? Again, if he asks, I'll be honest with him. But um, So I've never had a negative interaction uh, since you know my adult life with a firearm. Uh, there was a time when I did get pulled over, uh, and believe it or not, a, a police officer illegally searched my vehicle um, when I was 18 years old and found 22 half a box of 22s in the glove box and ordered me out of the vehicle while he tore my whole inside of the vehicle out, uh, searched it completely, um, all because he saw me lean over to get my registration out of the glove box. And then he just opened the door and started to search my vehicle. And when he found the 22s, he freaked. He ordered me out of the vehicle, stand behind the vehicle with my hands on the hood and all my coworkers driving by beeping at me. <laughs> it was really good. I was on, uh, I was on 6A, and um, yeah, uh, I think 10 of my friends drove by and beeped and waved and laughed and pointed fingers and whatnot. So, um, <laughs> But I was on the side of the road for 45 minutes while my truck got ransacked because of a half a box of 22s that he found in the glove box, and he never even asked me for my permit. He just ordered me out of the vehicle and searched. I mean, he was looking in the cigarette uh ashtray he was looking in the visor he was looking in the, under the floor mats and i'm like are you looking for a gun like i haven't seen too many guns that are sized so that they will fit under a floor mat or uh or up in the visor you know and he goes yeah i'm looking for a gun okay well sir would there be a problem if i had one he said we'd have big problems i go what pro what kind of problems would we have i go i i have a license to carry you do i said yeah do you want to see it yeah and I said, okay, here it is. And he, he said, okay, you can have that back. And then he proceeded to tear my truck apart. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this to take out frustration on a on police officers. They got a tough job. It's a thankless job. We support police. And believe me, I support them now more than ever. At the time, was I very frustrated with what was going on? Absolutely. 100%. Was it an illegal search? I think it was. Um, did I do anything about it? No. Uh, but honestly, I don't think that it was handled correctly. And believe me, I get it that police have a thankless job to do and they're 
they're dealing with uh, the worst of the worst. And I'm not asking them to not give me a hard time when they pull me over. You know, I'm sure they had a long day at the office. And the last thing they want to deal with is some 18-year-old running his mouth about his rights. But the point is, ever since then, I just felt like because that was a negative interaction with a police officer, um, and I didn't even volunteer the information, but he found it. And then, you know, would it have happened if I said, hey, by the way, before you go in that club box, I have a half a box of 22s in there. You know, I still think I would the net result would have been the same. And I don't know, maybe it wouldn't have gone so bad if I volunteered the info. But anyway, what do you guys say? Um, do you tell them or not? It doesn't matter to me. There's no right or wrong. I just think that, uh, you know, as long as you're lawfully carrying whether you choose to or not is up to you and uh unless you're in a state where you must then you must uh kj saying ellie is a bit more on edge these days with ambush shootings up 126 percent just this year and he feels it's better to be up front than rather than them finding out another way i.e bending over to your glove box etc i get that you know and again i don't think there's a right or wrong here um i just chose to not proffer that information and just like i wouldn't you know like that scene in liar liar right when jim carrey is can't tell a lie and he's pulled over and the cop anything else i should know about he's like he hits the button on the glove box and like 482 parking tickets fall out <laughs> it's hysterical but you know so like if am i obligated to you know say other random arbitrary information that you know is not germane to the traffic stop then you know i don't know i get why people do and i i don't have take issue with them either way so davy says if carrying tell because you have have to move around to get the license and registration if i'm traveling and it's locked in a case don't say anything okay fair enough um in my situation i don't usually carry my license anywhere near my gun um so i don't really have a problem like reaching into my wallet i'm not going to brandish the gun in the process and if i go to the glove box to get the uh, registration i'm not going to brandish a gun either and i'm not worried about a gun like falling out on the floor when i pop the glove box open because i don't travel that way so you know, if there was a situation where the gun was in the glove box or something. And again, then that then you're into gray areas to whether or not you can actually do that, even when traveling alone, because the gun isn't in your direct control. So are you properly storing it so as to prevent unauthorized access? Well, I would say if I'm the only person in the car, yeah, I've prevented unauthorized access. But again, I'm not a lawyer. I don't play one on TV. But the point of the matter is, um, I recommend in all of our classes that you keep the gun on your body unless it's under your direct control, like within reach maybe, or in some sort of, you know, quick access safe or something like that. Um, and if it is off body, then it should be unloaded and locked and secured. So that's the way it, that's the way it works. I think that's the responsible thing to do, whether government tells me to do it that way or not. Um, there's tragedy that happens every year, and one is too many, where 
some unauthorized person accesses a firearm that they shouldn't have access to, whether it be a child or a family member or, or whatnot, and is able to shoot themselves or somebody else. And that's a tragedy that is 100% preventable. That should not happen. And frankly, we don't get a second chance to make that right if it does happen. So be responsible with your gun ownership. Guys, I uh, can't stress that enough. Uh, we win the day when gun owners put on a responsible uh, face to the rest of the world. You got to remember only 30% of America are gun owners. And so there's the majority of people are not. So let's not get in people's face about it and let's be very responsible and mature with rights come responsibilities, period. I mean, that's kind of the end of the subject on that. So lock them up if they're not in your direct control. And that's the way I feel about it. Thanks so much, guys, for tuning in. And remember that the show is ending here. You can always tune in at capegunworks.com. Click on Rapid Fire and join us on the range or hear extended answers to your Second Amendment questions. I'm Toby Leary. God bless. And we will see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Take care.